Attention all international medical students and graduates. Are you looking to improve your residency competitiveness and achieve your dream program match? Look no further. Introducing the 2023 IMG Roadmap course, the online program that will boost your personal and professional growth. This comprehensive course offers life cohort-based coaching from a seasoned expert, me, along with personalized feedback, templates, and even demos. You'll leave with a solid understanding of your personalized IMG journey and the skills you need to enhance it. You'll ditch the overwhelm, and the best part? You can learn at your own pace from anywhere in the world. Whether you're a first-year medical student or a graduate seeking concise, practical coaching to improve your CV, this is the perfect investment for a successful career in the U.S. The IMG Roadmap is here. Be the first to know when the doors open in April of 2023. Sign up right now at drninaloom.com forward slash waitlist. Again, that's drninaloom.com forward slash waitlist. So I was saying my intention today is that we just go around and share where we're going, um, what the plans are, and really just like the process of match week so that we have that to encourage those who are still coming behind us or even just for us. I mean, sometimes we just have to celebrate ourselves, like seriously, can't be worried about everything all the time. So we'll start over here. I think Toyo C is on my right. So you go first and then Wally and then we'll go around the screen. Okay, uh, so I matched into OB. I actually brought it. So I'm going into, where am I going? Vermont Health, Dearborn was my first choice. And honestly, like, I'm so happy. I'm so relieved because I almost died when I got the email. And I'm just really happy because, like, this was the program I was talking about the other time on the call that chose me. I didn't even have to, like, send a letter of intent or anything. And, like, I matched there and I just loved it. Like, I feel like it's my home and I've just found my people. So my plan, I have no plan. I'm trying to figure out um, what's the next step because I don't know about like the visa things or, but um, my family and I are going on a trip to celebrate and I'm excited for that. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's super great because you had like, how many OB interviews did you have? Just two. Yeah, you had two OB interviews and then, Family medicine was your backup and you had a few on family med, right? Yes, I had seven family medicine. Yeah. So I remember that and I was just like, you know, Toyota will be in my DMs, like <laughs> freaking out over everything and anything. And I'm like, you just need to focus. Like, you can get what you want if you interview well. And she did, because I think that's why the program um, kept in contact with her and kind of uh, really... I mean, you could tell that the communication was honest and genuine as opposed to like, just like blanket, um, as opposed to a blanket, you know, message that they send to every resident. And those are usually good things. Like when you can tell that the communication is intimate, it's personal. It's just not like everybody hears an email that you get. Um, so I definitely, I am so proud of you, especially because, I mean, we all know, like, I'm just so proud of all of you, but um, it's, it's been a while with this one over here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, Wale, you go next. Yeah, um, I matched to family medicine at Reading Hospital uh, in Reading, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I don't really have any plans as of now. Uh, 
just playing it by ear and waiting to hear from the programs for the next uh, steps or directions. Um, also, I mean, for those who didn't match, I'll say don't lose hope. And I'd like to share a personal uh, that happened to the past uh, one year. I applied to the match last year. I did not match. And I was a fourth year medical student time at Exit uh, in Aruba. And it was a very tough moment because at the same time, I was doing a degree program with Health in Colombia. And I was supposed to come to the master's in one year, as opposed to two years at the same time being a medical. And I got interviews, but it was just too much. I was not able to prepare for the interview. I was not able to prepare for the interviews at the same time. So studying for CK, being in medical school, so preparing for interviews. But I'll say not matching for was a blessing for me because uh, the extra one year I had gave me a lot of to work on that aspect of my application. I actually wrote uh, personalized letters for my top 50 program. And of those 50 programs, I got 70 on them. It also gave me time to work on a volunteering opportunities. So not matching sometimes could actually be a blessing because it will strengthen your application the next season. I just wanted to share that not match. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree because a lot of times in the, in the interim, when you're working on, like when it just happened, so like this week where people feel like, hey, I didn't get in, it's very hard for them because they're comparing, you know, with the other people that have, and you just feel like your life is, it's one year of your life on hold, basically. Um, but I agree that there's a lot that can be done in this period of time that can indeed open up doors for the next cycle, whether it's clinical experiences, whether it's your networking, or just even having the time to sit down and say, let me write a network, right? Intent, intentionally. Because I think at the end of the day, some people try to network in September. And it's like, you can't be building relationships when the race has started. Like you build relationships prior to, and so you don't have the bandwidth to write those emails. You don't have the bandwidth to write those letters. You don't have the bandwidth to do the research to start writing those letters. And it's just a lot. Um, and I know you also had done an MPH um, in the meantime, right, um, as well. So there's just other things that people can do when waiting for the match, which can be beneficial. But it's sometimes we get so bogged down with the bad thing that has happened that we don't have the strength to do the good things. So you're so much in the worry and the anxiety that you're not even thinking about like, hey, I can use this to be better or to improve or to change. And I, and I thank you for sharing that because I think that's a, that's a huge, huge, huge point that we, we definitely need to highlight. So thanks and congrats again. Congratulations. So happy for all of you. I'm so... All right. Let's see who's next. I think Dr. Stacy's next on my screen, at least. Good morning, everyone. I just wanted to say thank you, Lord. Um, this process was, it, mine was a bit lengthy, but it was more so I applied, the last time I applied to match, um, I didn't yet get my steps. So it was a lot of school issues. So I know with exams during the pandemic and then my schools, um, you know, all those steps being online and proctoring all that crazy stuff. So I was so grateful when I knew, hey, I um, passed my exams. And the first thing I did, uh, uh, Nina, I went to, Dr. Nina, I went to the, I because it was off your, um, you know, your live courses, mm -hmm. but I, I purchased the um, go payable as you go, the free, you know, that was wonderful. Oh my goodness. It was so good because, you know, being an IMG, um, there were, you know, some programs that said, okay, hey, I know I had one LOR that I needed from two years, like 2019. I don't know what that happened to the lady. She was like, I just write it, just write it. I wrote it. Didn't happen. 
God just put one girl in my, that I had the rotation with who also needed the LOR. They remembered her what better. <laughs> and they're like, okay, I do remember you. I was like, uh-huh. So I used that um, LOR breakdown. Oh man, I didn't even, I didn't even have somebody on interview say, like mention it. So I said, <laughs> thank you for doing that. She did you, that well. And so um, what I would, okay, wait, I'm so, I'm so excited. And that's the piece. <laughs> So <laughs> masterpiece at Texas Tech University in El Paso. Um, congrats, congrats, pediatrician in the house. <laughs> always wanted to be a pediatrician. Many people were like, just do family, then you can start fellowship. And you know, your heart is like, but why, why is everybody like, what's wrong with it? I think it was more money and all the wider ranges. And I, I get it. But, you know, I was able to um, throw a large blanket. Mind you, I've been in um, my in, initiation day from, AUA was it 2014 so it, was, it has been a long a long few years almost seven so I was able to dual apply I got three uh three interviews in peace three in family so I was just like hey wherever I go I'm gonna be excited you know but I really want peace really desire peace um just did everything we were supposed to do research the program was able to um, one of them were a new was a new program so they were just excited and then Texas Tech was Texas Tech was one of them, and then I had another one in my home state, which I didn't want to go back home. I'm like a nomad, so I know like a lot of people, they see like you know, especially being IMG. I was in Maryland, went to North Carolina, went to Georgia, Antigua. So, um, what I would say is, you know, go with your gut during your interviews. Um, for those, like you said, I had a gap year. I was scribing um, for um, some neurologists at Yale, so I was doing like it was virtual too. So uh, especially during the pandemic, that helped a lot. That was something I, could, I was able to speak speak about. People were like, oh, well, I haven't seen too many people scribing. How is it? I was like, I'm, I'm really well-versed with Epic. I'm well-versed with EMRs um, and who, like, really who you connect with. And I just want to believe one tidbit about the interview. So Texas Tech was actually my number two. But the reason why I chose the number two, like, if you see the notes I took on the day, like, I was just looking through, I had, like, five, six pages of, good things that how I connected but I was like Texans like Texans so I was like between that or something in Florida Texas is going to be like no let's just rank I knew they probably would rank me high because I mean the program director like made a cute little video she wrote to me we really connected the APD even the program coordinator it was like fantastic and I was like Texans usually like Texans so you know, it's, it's number two, but in the heart, I, if you ask anybody, like I raved about El Paso, I raved about how great it was, how they said the food was great. Um, they have border health. So, you know, that time with some Cameroonians, Syrians, and people were going, taking that path to get there. They were like, we have the whole Asian population. We're seeing them. We're seeing the immigrants. And that's a little bit where my passion was. They have um, a child abuse uh, elective, elective, which is something that was also something in my passion. So, I'm just so grateful. It was like, it's perfect. It was perfect. And um, I just want to, you know, I'm also open, Dr. Nina, if, if anybody, I don't think there's enough, you are doing an amazing job and I'm, I'm on Twitter and I'm shocked to see how many IMGs are like, I didn't match. I sent 76 all to internal. What? I was like, what did where's the blanket? You know, I'm like, maybe, I, I, and I noticed that um, I, I think it's, your presence is more Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> it was, it's not that many. So I was like, oh my goodness, I was so shocked, but it's just about, you know, people who are not able to be aware. So I think 
you know, if you have some people, I definitely am there to encourage IMGs only. I've joined all the other groups, Next Gen P's, Future Fund Reds. And I was like, hey, is there anybody else that can, you know, help me out? And they were like, oh, we don't have a match for you. And I was just like, it's because I'm an IMG. But, you know, I think that's where your drive will come and say, okay, I see that you guys are starting to neglect us. And I see how important your role, Dr. Nina, is in our community. So I'm saying, you know, I know it's going to be tough intern year, but I definitely, there's like one or two or somebody that you say, hey, just go that direction. I really, really desire to do what you did for me. I met you for step one. So <laughs> I'm grateful. And, I'm, and congratulations yes. to everybody. I'm going to make, I'm going to make me a note because I'm going to need you all to, to work with me soon. Let's expand this IMG roadmap. So I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> But, but yes, definitely. I, I agree 100%. Like, uh, I think what I like about what we have is the community here also, because, you know, every time that, like in the last session, every time we had a class, I made sure, okay, if I could get one person from the prior class that can give, because sometimes my story gets old, my perspective gets old. It's like, I need more people just like all of you to be able to say, no, this thing is possible. Like this is doable even if you've been in medical school for seven years, even if you, you've been non-traditional, there is a way to it. And sometimes it takes us more than one cycle. And doing that more than one cycle doesn't make you any worse or less of a physician. There's not one patient that has ever asked me if I was an IMG. There's not one paycheck that came to my bank account and then said they were deducting $1,000 because I was an IMG, okay? There's not one physician that I've worked with that has turned around and said, oh, you don't know what you're doing because you're an IMG. Like it goes out the door. So whether you had to take your exam again, whether you had to apply three, four times, whether you had to um, be, you know, a visa applicant, if you're going to use your own story as your limitation, that's on you, right? Because if you're going to walk around the hospital halls, thinking that it's because I did this or because I had, I filled step one or failed step two, or because, 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 then you're going to hold yourself back. Or you're just going to ride with it and say, I'm in now. I'm just like everybody else. I'm qualified. I'm worthy to be here. And you run with it. I, I think that's how you make even more out of this. Because some of you are going to go into residency. You're going to choose to do fellowships. You're going to start realizing that in medicine, there's different things that you want to do. You want to get into administration. You want to become a professor. You don't want to become a professor. You want to go into private practice. But remember that all those things that held you back before now, as you will see, they'll mean nothing in the near future. They'll be like a thing of the past. And then you look back and be like, wow. So people really held back on me because I was an IMG, but I had the sauce. Like all this time I've had the sauce and I was believing these things that people were feeding me because they had their own preconceived notions. They had their own subconscious biases. They had their own thoughts as to who I could become as a physician, right? They carried those things and then they made me embody it. I started to believe it. And then I started to think, oh, wow, I'm not worthy. And then you get in and you're like, wait, 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 hold up. I'm actually better than the US grad. Like I'm actually better than the next person. I'm actually just as competitive as they are. And then you're like, wow, we've been fooled the whole time. Like somebody has been literally fooling us the whole time that we're not worthy of this. And so I just want you guys to remember that as you go in, like all this stuff, it wouldn't matter. These challenges would be like a thing of the past. And then you look back and you'd be like, wow, like I was stressing. I was killing myself 
for something that I deserve, for something that I am just equally as worthy of. And so you guys celebrate yourselves because this season is something you've worked really hard for. And I want you to take all the credit for it. Obviously, yes, send emails to your mentors, the people who helped you along the way, the students who went ahead of you, the links that you had, the people who, you know, helped you out with the letters and do reach out to them and express gratitude. But don't forget, it took you to do it. It took your effort. Yeah, God blessed, God blessed you. But if you weren't out there hustling, if you weren't out there like stepping out in faith, then it wouldn't just fall from the sky, right? And even stepping into this course and taking it, I think, is a way of acting out in faith and say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to put everything on the line. I'm going to give this person $300 or whatever to take this freaking course for six weeks and be in this program once a month. But that's all stepping out in faith to do that. And if because you took those actions, then you met people, then you kept stepping out and encouraged and sending those emails, networking and doing all the things. But don't forget that you were the catalyst, that you started this. It took you to do it, nobody else. And then you start to realize that you have a lot more strength inside of you than what other people want to acknowledge, than what the NRMP would ever tell you, than what your programs would ever tell you, than what your core residents would ever tell you. And all, plus, at the end of the day, it would not matter that you were an IMG. It would never matter for anything else. Once you pass this point of the match, the IMG part is like out the door. Nobody asked if I was IMG when I was, a, when I was applying for fellowship. It never came up. They looked at my residency records. They looked at everything thereafter. So, hey, it's done. Like, it's gone. It's a thing of the past. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So who's going next? I think Raquel is on my screen here. Good morning, everyone. I matched in family medicine at the Mid-Hudson Family Health Institute. I'm very excited for this. Um, this was actually my last interview out of six interviews that I had. And I was the last interviewee. And I had to make a good impression to the program director. And to me, I, I had a gap year. So I've come a long way as, as well as many of us have been going through it. Um, but I'm really happy. I'm just digesting everything right now. And as you can tell, I'm really excited. <laughs> it's a great achievement for all of us. Um, thank you, Dr. Loom, for all the support and uh, information to guide us through um, this whole process. And um, that's it for now. I don't have any plans as to like what I'm going to do to celebrate, but right now I'm just really digesting everything in. And that's perfectly fine. I think it's, this is the season to just like rest. You'll sleep better. You'll stress less. You'll have more full joy. You know, you're going out, you're not worried. It's not this chip over your shoulder. You start signing your contract soon. So it's perfectly fine to just take some time to rest, take a trip, whatever you want to do. But congratulations. You didn't tell us where you were going. Yes. The Mid-Hudson Family Health Institute. Mid Family Health. Yeah. What state is that? New York. New York. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Um, I think Ronquer is next. Hi. Hello. Hello, everyone. Um, thank you so much, Dr. Nina. I've been a very silent um, participant in the program. Um, I had a lot of challenges uh, during the application. I almost backed out. Um, I was supposed to take my CK before applying, but I had health challenges. I had surgery. Uh, I remember the day we were having the interview prep. I was practically in my hospital gown. I was listening in. I couldn't put on my video and everything. I wanted to apply to all the programs that I could apply to, but 
Having attended all, um, all your webinars, I knew it wasn't about the number of programs. It was ab about having, you know, something, you know, that I wanted in the program. So I attended almost 20, 30 open houses, you know, of different programs, psychiatry, internal medicine, because I wasn't sure about psychiatry, you know, you know, I have had this competitive and everything. And by the time it was October, uh, my surgery was October 1st, so I could not even put in any application before that. And I was only able to do just 10 because I was thinking about all the um, clinical rotations I'd done. You know, I didn't want them to go to waste. You know, I'd um, paid for someone, I paid for someone to help me with my personal statements, my CV, just to look at it and everything. So I was like, you know what, let me just do 10 just here around California, you know, because I live in California. And I reached out to some of my seniors from school and they told me, no, you have to come to the East Coast. There's nothing for IMGs in California. What are you doing? Oh, you don't have step three. You want to do psychiatry? Oh, that's not possible. Just try again next day and everything. So I was kind of discouraged, but I just, you know what, let me just do 10 and just leave it at that. Four programs reached out to me. We just did <laughs> it. And um, the only thing, so they told me that after my CK, they will offer me an interview, but of course, I couldn't write my CK until January, I think January 28th or something like that. So by the time my result was out in February, interview season was, was over. But I'd gotten an interview invite in October, just one. So I had just one interview, you know, and I might. Oh yeah. So, wow. and this is my first time, this is my first time applying. I'm 12 years post-grad. Um, the thing now, you know, I went through all the processes. I was sent a letter of interest. I mm -hmm. sent a letter of intent. I went through all the, you know, all the steps like I would have done if I had applied to multiple programs. And because um, I wanted to make my application very, very personal, I wrote a personal statement for each of the programs I applied to. I wrote 10 personal statements and I made it um, specific what I wanted, what I saw in each program. So, um, and I think another thing that helped me was my, uh, is my um, CV. You know, I done, I did my MPH here and I worked in about um, six hospitals in US. So I think everything came together and I'm so happy. And uh, thank you, Dr. Uh, Dr. Loom for the help, support, the encouragement. Thank you for everything you're doing for IMG. I matched at uh, Arrowhead Regional Medical Center here in California. You got a California match. That's a big deal. That's yeah. a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. That's. I had no idea that you were going through all of that throughout the program. So thanks for sharing that personal tidbit with us. Yeah. Um, it was like fighting two battles, fighting a personal battle and then you know, having to fight this battle as well. So congrats, congrats, congrats. So happy for you. Thank you. And definitely giving, you're giving all the vibes of hope to, I don't like the word old grads, but a lot of people get stuck in that mindset of like, I'm an old grad, I'm an old grad, I'm an old grad. Um, because I, I mean, I don't believe that that's even a thing, but you know, that's a whole story for another day. But I, I believe you're giving a lot of hope to, to those who watch later, who are part of our group that are considered themselves like, oh, it's been so long since I graduated medical school. Maybe I don't stand a chance. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Jenny Lee, are you ready? Your camera is on. Hi, good morning. Um, I've been through a whole rodeo with this whole match situation. Um, I actually started, signed up with Dr. Loom, I think it was 
when your your first IMG course that you um, did, I think that was 2018. Um, this was my fourth uh, um, time trying. Um, and along the way, um, I thought many times that I was gonna give up. Um, I contemplated like doing many other different careers like PA nursing. And every time I tried, it was like one obstacle after the other, why you should not have done, like why you can't do this because you have an MD. And it was Dr. Loom and my family who really, really pushed me um, to apply. And I, um, I remember last year I applied and I was really hopeful because I think I had like four or five interviews and I got great reviews. And then again, I got that we're sorry email. And that like, I didn't know if I could have come back from that. And um, I did the course again. So I did this roadmap course like so many times. I did the course again and I applied. And it was my first interview. Um, I had my first interview at a hospital that I really wanted to go to. And I thought it didn't go well because the program director really like, she just, she scolded me. She just said to me, why is it that you think that you didn't match? And um, I was honest. I said to her, I'm not sure. I do have some speculations, but I'm not particularly sure. I have no fails on my step. I have no um, attempts. So I don't know exactly why. And um, I think that wasn't a good enough answer for her. She said to me, well, you have to understand why. You have to, you have to know why. You have to figure it out. And then she asked me about step three. And I, at that point, didn't take step three yet. And then she got really, like, really upset at me. It was more like if your mother was, like, scolding you, like, you didn't do anything. Like, why wouldn't you have done it? Why didn't you do step three? So I was of the belief that, like, I was not going to get in at that program. And I live in New York. I wanted to stay in New York. And I did not want to go anywhere else. And I like rank them like very low because I believe that you know, she does. So she said to me, if I don't get my step score back in time, um, she doesn't think it will work out for me. And she said, I'm sorry to say that, but like, that's how you have to do this. And I was like, so worried about that. And lo and behold, like she picked me, I matched at Brooklyn hospital. So um, I am very happy about that. And I'm grateful to Dr. Loom. Thank you very much for encouraging um, IMGs and encouraging me because given all the obstacles and all the red flags I mean that I had and like the gap years that I had you still always said so what so what like keep going keep going and um, just thank you for that thank you for like giving me hope I mean prior to this I was always like very type A person and like going through this like I found that like my fears like took me over and like I couldn't do anything like I felt so incapable but um now I think that I can find that person back and yeah I mean yesterday I just felt so overwhelmed I didn't know how to react I felt like overwhelmed it was like four years of just like trying like I felt exhausted like I so I don't know like in terms of celebrating what else do I hope as the days go by it gets better but um, thank you, an immense thank you to you, Dr. Loom. I want to say something, Jin Lee, uh -oh. as you were speaking, it came to my mind. And it's something that I don't think we've ever really like unpacked as physicians in general, is the trauma of medical education and how difficult that it, it makes us even doubt ourselves. 
Because before we go into medicine, we're typically type A, typically gung-ho, like, you know, hard workers, good test takers, at least for undergrad or other places in our lives. And then you get into this career where even when you are really good, you're not good enough for whatever reason. And then that just eats into how we have defined who we are. So we start to redefine ourselves. You go from being that really strong personality, that person who was able to do really well undergrad, who was able to achieve other things with their life. But because of this one thing, the match, it makes us question everything that we've ever known about ourselves. And then guess what it does? It holds back our confidence. And that is the baseline for how you're going to grow in anything, whether it's your career, whether it's in patient care, whether it's in your professional life, and even in the business world, like if you're going to be networking for any reason. And so I think it's important that we realize that there is a certain degree of trauma that occurs with rejection upon rejection upon rejection when you're going through the match. But it's important that we differentiate that from who we truly fundamentally are. Because if we embody that, it'll only hold us back when it comes time to perform as a physician. Because like I was saying earlier, we are the only ones that know these things. The people that are going to be working with us have no idea about what we've been through. They will never be able to understand. They'll never be able to fully comprehend where we're coming from. So it's important for us to create a new framework, right? In the way that we approach those failures so that we're careful enough that it doesn't define our career. So generally, like for you, I understand what you mean exactly. Like it's, it's been just year after year after year after year of not getting this right. But it's not because of anything. You said it yourself. You did your test on first attempt. Even if you had to repeat the test, that doesn't define the kind of physician you are. But in your case, it wasn't even a failed exam. So it's like, then what is the case? Like, what is the answer, right? But it's inherent, it's inherent upon you to remember that those failures, those four years will not define who you become as a physician. They do not have the right to be define who you become. anything. I hope that you can look at those four years and only remember also the good things that may have come out from those years and not only the setbacks, because that setback right now has been removed. And you cannot allow that to hold you down as you try to advance in the next three years. Because the reason I say this, I've seen this before, where it comes time for the in-training exam. It comes time for the board exams. It comes time for the next step in your career. And this little last four years is going to rear its ugly head again and threaten who you are and threaten your existence. But the reason I'm saying this now, I'm not trying to, to make the mood of our party gloomy, but I'm saying this so that you guys remember, because when you meet those rough days in residency, what's going to happen is you're going to ask yourself, is it because I'm an IMG or is it because of this? But no, that's not. I'm just going to tell you right now, that's not the answer. Everybody is going to experience the things that you're going to experience as an intern. You're going to have those moments. You're going to doubt yourself. Things are going to go down. But I want you to remember, it's not because of any of those challenges that you experience. What you're going to go through is what your intern, your co-interns are also going to be experiencing. Nobody's just going to be talking about it. That's just. So congratulations, Dr. Jenny Lee. I've seen you like you and Obi probably. I've seen like <laughs> hustle, hustle, hustle from the very beginning. So, so proud of you guys. Um, Dr. Joan, are you going next? Do you have your hat on and yes. everything? Where are you <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do like Dr. Loom today. I'm wearing your hat like she always does. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, I'm Joan Gronach. You won't believe it. <laughs> Dr. Luma and I come from way back. We were classmates back in secondary school, boarding school. So I'm very pleased and uh, 
favor to even have her as a, as a friend and as a coach, as a mentor. So I'm very excited. She has really held my hand throughout this journey. So I thank you very much. Uh, yeah, my, my own um, matching was a little bit confused at the beginning. I wanted to do surgery because I did surgery in Germany before I came here. And then I was like, oh, God, I'm not going to get any OSCE in surgery. So my chances are so low. And then family, I'm like, oh, no, I'll not be able to battle family and surgery. So I have to look for alternatives. And then I started drawing near closer to internal medicine. And as I was doing observerships and all that, I became comfortable with it. And I liked it. And I decided to apply. Yeah. Doing all this journey, I had a, a baby. I was pregnant while doing my interviews. I had palpitations and dizziness in the middle of an interview when they have a small break room. The two minutes, I would just go and lie down because it was so terrifying. I was so dizzy. You could feel my heart popping. I, like I used to cry during interviews. And if my husband is not there to help me set up everything before the interview begins, it's like my world is going to crush down because I cannot hurry up. The palpitations was really dealing with me. And even after I put to bed, I still had interviews so trying to have an interview with the baby at home who is probably going to cry during your interview just imagine just all those ideas behind your back and I still struggle through the interviews I had a couple and I was very grateful that I could have those number of interviews and successfully I've matched in internal medicine at sunny upstate in New York so I'm so grateful <laughs> thank you I'm so happy for you like I'm so so happy for you you have no idea that's awesome and, and I should also say that just like, so me and her have been friends, like we've known each other since boarding school back home in Cameroon. And one of the faculty there was also our classmate at in Cameroon as well. So it's just like, it's amazing how community, community can help. And for those who are still applying, don't neglect your community, like reach out to your alumni, reach out to your, your um, people from your med school. Reach out to people that you know, and then reach out to people from the IMG roadmap. I'm having them tell you where they're going for a reason, because I want you to say, hey, I know somebody at SUNY Upstate. Let me see if I can find their email from the Facebook group and DM them. Like, that's the point. So I hope that you can benefit from this community as much as we have benefited from this community. When I was a resident too, I had somebody that was ahead of me from a med school that had gone through the program that I eventually matched into. And I think it's because they had a good reputation at the program. They made it easy for every alumni that was applying. And that's a huge deal. Like if you go to a certain med school and you live a good reputation, when other people from your med school apply, they have that person in their mind. They have you as like, oh, this person went to Trinity. This person went to this school I've never heard of, but they were really good. So that makes it to where I can take the next person from Trinity or the next person from UAMS because I know that I've worked with someone from that school and they did really well. So don't neglect like these little things because at the end of the day, it adds up. So take advantage of your community. There's somebody on the call who texted me yesterday. I'm not going to say the person's name. And they were like, I didn't match. Should I come on this call? Like, why would I come on this call? And I was like, you come on because... I want you to be there. I want you to meet the other people who match because they could be the person that help you the next year. They could be the reason, the person that looks over your personal statement the next time or puts in a word for their program or gets you an interview. So celebrate other people. Even when you don't get what you want, you celebrate them because you just never know how things are going to work out for you. That's me. So, <laughs> well, she, I didn't say it. I didn't say anything. She said it herself. All right. So who is going to go next? As everybody, let's see who else is on the call. 
Obi, are you not gonna say anything really? <laughs> I'm gonna pick on people now. Oh God, you all. I'm in Pacific region. I'm in Seattle. It's 6 a.m. here, but I just had to come here. Dr. Nina knows how I feel about her. So <laughs> I just I'm talking from my bed. That's why my video is not on. But you, I am happy to be here. I finally matched. This is my third, um, or this was my third application. Um, I started this whole journey since 2017. I moved to the United States. Um, I took the exams, step one, CKCS. Then uh, I was one of those that took CS. I applied for the first time in 2019 for 2020 March. I had one interview for internal medicine. It didn't, it didn't go well. Um, then I tried again in 2021. I didn't even have any interviews. And I think partly it was because I tried, you know, like when you have that time and you're like, oh, what can I do to improve my application? I'm like, okay, let me take step three. It's just like somebody was talking, program director was like, you should take step three. So I did that, but I didn't pass the first time. So I think that partly contributed to that. I didn't get any interviews. And of course that was the first time everything was going virtual. Um, so I wasn't expecting to match. I tried soap, soap didn't work. Luckily I had a job, I have masters in global health. So I was working, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna continue working and see what I could do to improve my application. So from 2021, um, and I like it when Dr. Loom was saying um, the concept of old graduate, I used to think about that, but somehow after I didn't match in 2021, I just had a mind reset. Like everything in me just got reset. I stopped seeing myself that way. I stopped seeing all the red flags. Yes, I failed step three, one. I stopped seeing all of that. I'm like, how do I use all of this to my advantage? How do I use, yeah, I graduated since 2012, but I've done other things. I've done good things. I've improved myself. I'm a better physician. So how do I put this on paper so someone else could see all of this? So, so that was a reset I had. Instead of saying, oh, I graduated in 2012 and stopped there. I don't even say, I didn't even say those in my interviews. So I leveraged on, okay, I graduated this, um, I graduated from a medical school in Nigeria. And after that, over the five, over the next five years after graduation, these were the things I did. I did a lot of HIV work. I took care of kids, adults, <laughs> and all of that. So those were the points I highlighted. I highlighted my strengths, the skills I gained in those period. And one thing I noticed that when I was talking about those things, like everyone got interested. Oh, you did a lot of HIV work. Oh, talk more about it. So it wasn't more, it wasn't about, oh, when you graduate and nobody talked about that, but they talked about what I did and what the skills I was bringing to the programs. And um, so that's just one thing I want to put out, put out there for any person that graduated like more than five years ago don't even look at that just you know reflect on your strengths the experiences you've gained during those times and just you know talk about them and you see like nobody will even remember when you graduated to be honest um so that was one thing I did differently I know like a lot of people have been asking me what did you do differently that was definitely one thing I did differently and then I shared my story I I know people hear this a lot but what it really means is talking about like where are you coming from? Like people want to hear those things. Certainly people here in America, you know, they really want to hear like, where are you coming from? What was it like? What were experiences? What skills are you bringing again? So I was, I was vulnerable enough to share. It's really my attempt. I didn't mind talking about those things. And people were more interested. People were like, oh, she, she, you know, she has these experiences. She can, don't let 
um, because you're an IMG, you know, limits you. You know, I had a lot of great mentors and that kind of really helped me because I also shared my story with them. So they kind of knew me, they, trust, <clears throat> they trusted me and everything. So they really helped me a lot. So I started doing research as well in a pediatric hospital. I met a lot of great people, even though I didn't match there, but you know, the network was great. They wrote me great letters. And in fact, one of my research mentors wrote me two letters, one for um, pediatrics and one for family. That was how much you know, they believed in me and they wanted to see me succeed. Um, just because, you know, I was truthful, I was hardworking, obviously, you, you got to do all those things and, um, but just also be authentic and true to yourself, obviously. Um, so that was it for me. I, I don't know what I was, I don't have any plans today. Um, I've just, like somebody said, I've been exhausted. I didn't know, I didn't realize how much tired I was, like mentally. I've been so tired. I've been in my bed, like since, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I couldn't believe this was happening to me. It still feels unreal, but it's happening. Um, I, so I had two interviews, one in pediatrics where I work and the other one was in family medicine. And um, I really wanted to be like in Pacific region just so I don't move far, uh, move far away. Um, how I met this program where I'm asking was, I was just looking around, started researching and I obviously attended the open house, but how I met this program director was um, they were having like Oregon conference, um, um, something, I don't know. I don't even know, I didn't even know what it was, but I registered. So I, I was, it was a family medicine, for, for it was a family medicine program. So um, I registered and uh, obviously you have a chance to talk, you talk about yourself. Again, I sold myself or selling my HIV work, my global health, public health, whatever I did in the five years that I graduated and I was in Nigeria. So those were the things. So I noticed like one of the program directors really like two of them actually picked interest. They were like, oh my God, I really love HIV work. You know, one of somebody that was here, um, he left and everything. I really hope you could, um, like you could tell, like she really liked me already. So um, when I when I applied, um, I I didn't have my step three then. So she was like, "Obi, you need to get your step three done." Yeah, I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I'm working on it, and I'm gonna let you know once my result is out." And um, I passed my step three as soon as I told her. She literally sent me an invite like 30 minutes after I told her my result was out. And um, I, they put me on waiting list because it was later in the year. It was around um, November, December. That was before then. I had my first interview, which was pediatrics. Um, I, I really applied to that program because I work here. I had made connections, so they were said they were gonna give me an interview. So I knew I was gonna get that one at least. Um, but for the FM one, I didn't get any interview until I had my step three in. So when I emailed programs, well, I had step three. I didn't even get other interviews because it was late in the season. But I got this one from this. It was it's a new program in Oregon. Um, so she sent me an invite. I was on the waiting list, and um, I almost like was giving up on my wait list. What does that mean? Everything. Um, so uh, I'm Christian anyway. So I prayed. I kept praying. I'm like, God, you're gonna do this, <laughs> and everything. So I think after a week, the program coordinator sent me an email. Oh, and I, luckily for me, I was on my computer. Like. I literally just saw the email coming. I just emailed her back. Like they had, 
um, an opening for the next week. I'm like, just one week to prepare. Oh my God, I don't even know what I'm going to say. But I'm like, okay, you know what? Just give it to me. I will do it. So she's like, I confirmed everything. So I had just one week to prepare for an interview. And um, I just went on it. I had like, a, I had a friend I was practicing with. Um, she was applying as well. So we did all of that. And I went on my interview. So I could tell like they really liked me and everything. So yeah, even though I ranked them, to, I had just two interviews anyway. I ranked them number two just because I wanted to be in Seattle. But I've always loved FM from day one, like, you know, just because of um, the opportunities it offers. And I feel like I would do more of my global health as a family physician. And I'm so excited. The name of the program is Roseburg Family Medicine Program. It's in Oregon again. I think um, this will be their third class. Um, <clears throat> They have, they have IMGs, especially like for people that graduated like more than five years ago. Um, they have a lot of them there. Um, yeah. So I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. I don't have plans. I'll continue my sleep after this call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, at some point, you're just, you're just like elated. This is over with. Yeah. My family's not here. My siblings, everyone is in the UK. I plan to go there before residency. But for now, I'm just going to do my thing. Sleep, Netflix, and chill. That's right. That's right. We can't be mad at that. We can't be mad at that. And thank you so much, Dr. Lena. Like somebody, everyone has said, like, I, I, I joined a lot of all these um, groups in on, on Twitter and like, you just feel like you're not part of this group. Like nothing is even said about IMGs. And you're like, well, what am I even doing here? So like being on this, I took your course. I think it was after the first time I did March. I think it was 2020. Yeah, that was the time I took your course. And that was when I met Dr. Lena and she's been just awesome. Like she's always like responding, so responsive. And I'm like, oh my God, what did I do to deserve her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love you so much, Dr. Nina. You know this. And thank you so much for what you do for IMGs. And um, I hope like if you're here and you, you haven't mind, maybe this is your first, second time, just don't give up. But one question that really helped me was ask yourself, like, what is my why? Why, why, why am I doing this? So I think the motive <clears throat> will really help and actually like help you kind of plan your um, career path and how you want to go about the whole process. Thank you. I'm sorry I talked a lot, but thank you, everybody. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. All right. So who's going to go next? I think I saw Deborah on and maybe Caroline just joined in. It's quiet. Deborah, are you on? Caroline, are you on? Hi, Dr. Lou. This is Carla. Hi, Carla. Hi. Um, so I matched at um, Texas Tech University at Permian Basin in family medicine. So uh, I just want to share my story. So um, this is my one and only interview. Uh, if you notice, I was um, not I was not able to attend the uh, the sessions later at uh, later part of the year, starting July, because my dad got COVID. I almost lost. We almost lost him due to COVID. Oh, he so was sorry. going. We almost lost him. So. He was um, he was for ECMO already back home, so I had to I had to go home um, around August and leave my other plans. I, I was studying for step three that time. I was booked to do my second observership, and I canceled on that. And then um, and during the and she, he really had a very complicated 
hospital stay too. So the night before, the day before the um, the 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 final um, submission for the application, he had to go. The his doctors told us that he has to go undergo um, open surgery, which they were not sure about if he, he's going to survive it. So it was so stressful. I was only able to apply to 18 programs. I only had one interview. And, and um, uh, early this year after my interview, I was mentally preparing myself already for not matching because, you know, I, I was telling God, um, if I don't get matched at least, you know, he gave me, he gave my dad his second life. He survived. Now he's seeing patients again. So wow. it was really a miracle. It is really a huge miracle and it's nothing short of God's. I consider it, you know, more of God's grace. It was God's grace, this, this opportunity that was given to me. I still cannot believe it. It's still so surreal. Um, when I was opening my email, I was ready to check the unfilled positions already. That's what, how I was so hopeless because I was not able to take my step three. I was not able to do my second um, observership that I yeah. booked. And to make the matters worse, on the week of submission for the LOR so that it can be uploaded and seen, my um, one and only family medicine observership for the past three months that I was working on, my, the doctor, my doctor got COVID too. So he got sick. So everything that can go wrong went wrong. So I'm just sharing this to inspire everyone that, you know, if you do everything that you can, you know, there, uh, there's the thing, you know, God is there. You know, it, it can happen. It can still happen. You can, you don't give up um, and you just trust the process also. And um, I also want to um, thank you, Dr. Loom, you know, for doing this course early on this year. I think this played a very big role um, on my journey because hadn't it started early on in April, I was not able to, because, because when I started the course, I was able to map out, you know, my plan. I was able to do two research. I was able to submit two um, publications already. It got accepted. So I was able to work on my personal statement early on, complete my, um, my eras, eras. So I think, um, the course has really mentally prepared me. So when something shaky went or happened later the year, closer to the application season, I was still, um, you know, I still had the presence of mind. You know, everything that you have taught us during the interview, I was cramming the past session. I was watching it when I, after the whole or ordeal. So thank you, Dr. Loom. You are so inspiring. Thank you so much, Carla, for sharing that. And I'm so sorry. I had no idea about your dad's illness, um, <laughs> but I'm happy that he's healed. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a miracle from God because yes, that is. touches my heart because my father had the same issue with severe COVID hospital, 100% FIO2 for so long. But um, I, I, it's a miracle. Like I know God healed him and I know God did the same for your father. And, um, and I'm just so happy that we're, we are people of faith and have something to hope in, you know, and someone to hope in because I feel like life will be worthless without that. So um, thank you so much for, sh for sharing. I, I was like, yeah. wow, wow. That's, that's definitely, that's a God thing for sure. Yes. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Jung. Thank you, everyone, for your support. Yeah. Hey, guys, by the way, before I forget, I want you guys to take your cell phones, okay? I'm working on the next course, which I'll invite some of you. If you want to come, if you want to come to the course as to teach or to share your story, please let me know in the chat. Like if you want to be able to, if you remember like when we had the live classes and we had prior alumni come in and share their stories, if you're interested in that, just let us know so that we can reach out to you um, and invite you to come because we'll start the course again this spring. Um, I'm starting earlier this time. I'm starting early in April because for the same reason Carla just pointed out, I realized that some people haven't started working on the things that they need to do and they need four months, you know, to get all these things right before September. So if you want to come back and share, just like you sat in the class and watch or listen to somebody else share last year or the year before, please tell me in the chat. And even if you don't, I'll hound, I'll hound you down. <laughs> I will send you an email until you agree to come because it's not fair. You come and you share and you come and you inspire the other people that are going to join this year. Um, so yes, let me know. Now, another thing, I need your testimonials. Grab your cell phone. It doesn't have to be special, okay? Um, you go on your cell phone and you turn on your camera, okay? Just like this. And you record yourself, okay? And you just record yourself for less than 30 seconds. And you say what this course, how it was beneficial for you because people need to hear that, okay? I'm out here trying to convince IMGs that they need to change their mindset. Like, how is it that I have to convince people to change their mindset? But the only way that they believe that they really need to do that is when they hear from another person like them who tells you that that is the basis because it's people don't realize this until you believe in yourself and you believe that this is possible. Nothing else is possible. You can't even the networking is not going to happen. You're not going to open your mouth and email people. You're not going to call people, cold call people. You're not going to DM people until you believe that men, they can respond. And so that's a one part of the course, obviously the mindset portion. And then there's the networking and there's so many other things that I think are beneficial, but obviously I can think those things because it's my course. But what I want you guys to do is I want you to take 30 seconds and you, it doesn't have to be too long. Just share what was important to you about the course, even if it was not the course and it was just the community, you gained a friend or two or three, share that and send it to me by email. Um, and if you have my number or my WhatsApp, you can send it to send it to, uh, or yeah, Nat Natalie just posted the testimonial link. You can also upload it on there. And if you feel like, Hey, I'm not a video person, um, type it out. Just it's a text, right? Three sentences and put your ERAS photo on there. Cause you have your ERAS photo. I'm not asking you to do a photo shoot. I'm just saying, send your ERAS photo and your testimonial to that link so that we can share that with other people as well. Um, let's see. I digress. I went in on that. Then I, <laughs> you guys know how I really feel. Um, <laughs> who's going to go next? I think I saw Caroline. Are you on? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Hi everyone. Uh, my name is Caroline and, um, I'm marching to anesthesia at Mayo Clinic in Florida. Woo! So my student, yeah, I just had to yell. I'm sorry. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I remember, you know, being so worried applying to anesthesia because I didn't know any non-USIMG from my school who had matched into anesthesia before, and I didn't believe that I would match. And I remember reaching out to Dr. Loom probably a day before she was doing 
um, a podcast with a pediatric anesthesiologist who she connected us. And, you know, me knowing more about her story and, you know, the fact that she was a non-USIMG and marched into anesthesia gave me some hope. And then that's when I decided to, you know, start my path in pursuing anesthesia. And I believe for me, networking, you know, really helped me um, get the interviews I got. You know, I got interviews from, for example, Mayo Clinic. I got interviews from, I got an interview from Yale, you know, some really good programs. and. In some of these programs is because I met the program directors in some kind of forum, you know, through Twitter or, you know, just through emailing them. And, you know, just doing the course and seeing like I'm this much before, you know, it made me believe in myself. You know, I had a lot of imposter syndrome even when, even, even as I got these interviews, you know, I was w- wondering, you know, why is Mayo Clinic sending me an interview? You know, do I deserve it? You know, <laughs> but in the end, you know, I just ranked them according to, you know how I felt and I ended up going into my number one spot so this course has been really helpful to me you know networking is a huge thing you know it got me where I am and also believing in yourself and you know just believing that you can achieve you know what you you what you want to do you know and I just want to say thank you to Dr. New, Dr. Loom because you know without her I would have an, I wouldn't have met the pediatric anesthesiologist I wouldn't even have believed you know I probably applied to another specialty you know uh, thinking that I'm not worthy of applying to anesthesia. So thank you so much, Dr. Loom. Thanks for sharing that, Caroline. And I think you'd send me a message too, like, you know, the one thing that you, the mindset and just being able to believe in yourself. Yeah. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, I don't, I, like people don't realize this, but there's nothing I teach in the course that you can't find on the internet, okay? Um, you can Google how to write a personal statement. You can Google how to, um, how to find U.S. clinical experience, right? So I do, those things are part of the course. But I think the thing that I, I know for a fact that IMGs need more and don't realize that they need is that belief and that mindset switch. And obviously in the beginning, nobody realizes sometimes, not everybody, but some people don't realize that that's what they need the most. They think they need a personal statement. They think they need so many other things, but until you start to really see yourself in that position, just like Caroline said, Dr. Caroline said, nothing else really materializes itself. And I mean, some of you have really great scores. Caroline had great scores, I believe. I, I don't remember the details, but I mean, you have good scores, but then you still think that's not good enough. Or you have, even if you have average scores, now step one is pass fail. Scores are going to be less of a thing and they'll be looking at whole applications. So that holistic review is really going to come into play. And so I'm just like, a lot of times, what I think that we benefit the most is ditching that imposter syndrome, forgetting all the things that the internet, the Reddit threads, the Twitter threads are trying to make us believe about ourselves and honing in on what is the one thing I can do to go from that fixed mindset to that growth mindset. You know, what is that one thing that I can do differently to change the trajectory of my life or to change my story or to make things so different? And so I really like that you guys are sharing these stories because it validates that that's really the ultimate, like getting there and seeing people. And that's why you guys, when you come on next cycle, somebody else is going to look at you and say, wow, you did it. I can do it too. Another reason why you should come back to the course um, as a guest speaker. All right. So thank you, Carolyn, for sharing that. And yes, big congratulations. We all know anesthesia is super, super, super competitive. The residency match is competitive across the board, right? No matter what specialty you're applying into, but yes, there are some that have much fewer spots. And so we congratulate you for snagging one of those. 
And hopefully that will be inspiration for other people too, to see themselves as able to see themselves as worthy. Um, so let's see here. Is there anybody else that I have missed? I don't, I did not intentionally skip you over. Deborah, did I miss you? I think I saw her on and then she bounced off. But anyhow, she also had not matched one time before. And this was her second attempt. And um, our email thread was like super long. So I'm sure she would have loved to share her story because, yeah, she would have had a lot to say. But if I haven't missed anyone, we'll go ahead. It's 10, 10 a.m. I wanted to keep this under an hour. Um, Thank you guys for those who shared. And for those who still want to share, we'll have more opportunities to do that. If you missed the call or came in late or are watching this at a later time. Um, I really appreciate you guys. I learn from you guys as much as I um, maybe help you in one way or the other, but it takes a community. It takes not just the course. It obviously took your mentors. It took your program directors and your family, your friends, your support system to really help you get to this place. So um, celebrate those people, reach out to them as well. If there's any, and I, I, I believe in integrity. I believe in doing unto others what we want them to do to us. I believe in kindness. And I think if there's, you should take the take a moment this weekend and write down the name of every person that you met along your way that was beneficial to your journey. And I want you to send them an email and just thank them. And when you do send, don't just send them an email and say, thank you for, for doing this. I want you to tell them the one thing specifically that they did for you. So if it's that one person who called the program director on your behalf, or if it's that one person who wrote you a letter of recommendation, even if you're not close to them, I want you to write them an email and say, thank you, Dr. XYZ for writing my LOR for residency. I did match into this position. Tell them the one thing that they did to make your life different. Because what you're doing for that person is they may be having a rough day. They may have had a rough week. And just knowing that they played a role in your happiness can make their day a lot better as well. So don't forget, and even your spouses, your friends, your family members, the people who took care of the kids while you were interviewing, the people who did the little things for you, reach out to them. It doesn't take that long to write an email. It could be three sentences. Just share your joy and your gratitude with them because what goes around always, always, always comes around. So thank you guys for joining. I wish you the very best. Um, Even though some of you are technically leaving us and going into the world of becoming physicians. The I'm Jerome Facebook group will benefit from your input, will benefit from your feedback. So the other people that are coming on, be in the chat with them, talk to them, give them hope, give them something to look forward to. And then for those that have mentioned that you'll be coming back as instructor or guest speaker, we'll reach out to you. In fact, we're reaching out to everybody. If you talked on this call today, we're reaching out to you because you must come back. <laughs> and inspire the next class so and don't forget your testimonial we're waiting on them um so please share and in the future i will be looking to train some of you to work with me as coaches so if that's something you're interested in also let me know let me know lmk let me know i'm gonna go work out now and get my life together because i've been putting on weight in this fellowship y'all those of you going to residency you have no idea like you have no idea what's coming like Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to be done with fellowship. Like this is, I'm never going back to to residency or training again. This is it. Like I'm done. Like I am officially done. Are you joining now? She's late. 
I'm officially done. Like, y'all, I, I don't want to ruin it for you. I think you should enjoy it in the next four months. <laughs> Take it all in. But you cannot pay me more money to training anything. Like, I don't want it. <laughs> Fellowship has been hard, y'all. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because I'm older now or what. Like, when I was in my 20s, maybe I was more, like, excited. Or maybe I was, like, you know, the first time around, I had more pep to my step. But y'all, I've been struggling. But nobody can tell though. If you know me, nobody can tell I'm sweating it. I show up to work. I give them my 100. They're like, oh, you're doing so good. I'm like, I'm dying inside. <laughs> They're like, oh, Loom, you're doing so good. The chair of the department of the ER, she was like, oh, wow, you guys are one of our best fellows we've had. Me and my co-fellow. Um, like, and then the other guy was like, one of my attendings was like, hey, you know, Shamaska was talking about you guys the other day. She was just saying you guys are doing so well. And you know, when she, she, cause she always big name drops, she went to Duke, Cornell, all these places. And she's like, you know, when she, when she names drop you in the middle of a line with Cornell and Duke, you know, you're doing really well. But <laughs> I, I just looked at him and I was just like, if only he knows how much I'm struggling, like waking up in the morning at four is just, it's killing me at this point. Staying late every day is killing me, but Hey, you can sweat, but don't let them see you sweat. Okay. Like that's the motto. They cannot see you sweat um every day you're late for the march party like we're done do you want to say something before we go oh hi sorry i went partying last i knew night. it <laughs> the morning after <laughs> i just woke up I'm like, oh my god we have a we have a party to attend today hi That's dr loom how you doing i'm doing well we just finished going around and everybody just sharing their little match story with us um if you want to share, you can go ahead. If not, we're about to end the call, actually. Uh, well, I give congrats to everyone. And I think the only thing probably I would have said was like, actually, I matched to a program that I actually, would I say, I got the interview from like networking at an ACP conference. So wow. I know, met the lady and it, this is a virtual. So it wasn't like we even met face-to-face, virtual, just typed in oh program directors on the search during the ACP conference emailed maybe like seven people but only two responded and she was one of them we had a video call and since then we've been talking oh I want to apply I'm going to apply this she's like no problem send me your info when you apply and all of that and that was how I got that interview did the interview and matched at the programs so in my mind I was like so wait so what if I did not attend that ACP conference how would I have gotten that opportunity? So I, like, like we all been saying all week, like, I just, just to say thank you for like opening our mind up to all of these opportunities and guiding us literally, because in my mind, I'm like, so if I had not gone to that ACP conference and network with this lady, how would I have been able to make that connection to, enough to be able to match into that program? So Dr. Lo, thank you so Networking much. Huge man. Networking, like it's part of the, um, I'll tell you what, there's a medical student that was rotating with us last month and she was, she's a U.S. grad, obviously, and she came to do her like ER rotation with us. She already had like in her head, she's like, she knows she needs her LOI. She knows she needs, uh, no, is it LOI? Not LOI, um, Slowy. Um, And she was from another school that got this rotation. And I mean, I was like, I looked at her, I was like, 
girl, you go. Like, you go because you are networking the heck out of this rotation. There was not one attending that she wouldn't ask, like, is there a project you're working on that I can join? Is there something I can do? Like, she was consistently looking for a way to stay in communication with the program even after. Even though there's not a residency here for ER, they have other residencies in the ER. But it was just amazing how much, how gung-ho this girl was on networking. And I think that to your word, um, like going to these conferences, even virtual, people don't realize like we live in a virtual world. Physicians are treating patients on Zoom. Physicians are seeing patients on the internet. So what makes us think that we cannot do anything else on Zoom? You can do a rotation on Zoom these days because guess what? Physicians are seeing patients online. So tailor rotations are not bad. To the same point, networking can happen virtually or in person through conferences. And there are so many connections. I've never met, point in case, I've never met any of you in person. Maybe for, for Joan, because I know her from way back when. But we've never met in person. I don't think so. I don't think, I, I met Stacy obviously, in person. But every, most people on this call, I've never met you in person. But just look at how much impact we've had on each other's lives. Because you've had an impact on my life, too. I'm not going to sit here and act like you haven't. You guys have taught me so much about myself and about how I could be a better teacher and how I can better support my students. And in that way, I've never met you. So just to that same degree, you can make a lot of connections online, whether it's even social media, conferences, in person. In person obviously trumps everything because people don't forget encounters. Um, but yeah, anyhow, I digress. Congratulations, Ayumide. We're so proud of you. I saw your real. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of you guys. Um, and yeah, you'll be coming back to speak at the next IMG Roadmap meeting. Everybody here is coming. So just be aware. You've been enrolled. All right. We're going to go ahead and end the call now so everybody can go about their day. It's a Saturday morning. Some of us are trying to work out if we ever do. <laughs> All right. I'll see y'all. Hopefully, because you probably won't be coming to meetings anymore, and that's fine. But I'll see you all when I see you, maybe when you come to talk in the IMG roadmap. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Look at you. I'm so proud of you for listening until the very end. And because of that, you deserve a reward. And I want you to go right now to drninaloom.com and download any of my free ebooks, whether it's for electives or clinical rotations, or even just whatever trials come your way as you navigate your IMG journey. Stay tuned for another episode coming up next.